Coming up on today's show, Abby Chatfield calls out Megan Mark's ableist comments, Kurt Teels' red wine spawn con, Anastasia Kingsnorth falls in love with an iconic Aussie drink, and Madison Woolley's friendship tattoo. Hello and welcome to Outspoken. It's your dose of the hottest influencer and pop culture news twice a week. I'm Kate Torber and I'm so excited because my Christmas tree is finally up. It's the first ever artificial tree I've ever had and I am very happy with it. I've got a tip for you. If you want to buy an expensive Christmas tree, buy it in the Boxing Day sales because you will forget how much it costs. I had to go back and check my email because this thing is massive. Well, we measured it, remember, when we were at mum and dad's house and we worked out that it was about as wide as we are tall. It is actually true because there's some really floppy branches that are making it very wide. I'm so envious because the past three years we've run a competition on our Instagram for our listeners to pick whose Christmas tree they like the most and whose is the best. And every year mine has won. And I'm starting to feel a little bit nervous because your tree is so much bigger than mine. It's so much fatter than mine. The potential... (laughs) We're talking about trees. Yeah. (laughs) The potential for you to have a really wow Christmas tree is there. I feel a bit of pressure because last year I had a real tree and I redecorated it probably three or four times. I mean, there was that incident where it fell over. And yesterday I got my cousin Stewie, who's what, six foot five over to help me. He's almost seven foot. And I'm so glad he was there because I was half contemplating putting the tree up myself, but it's so tall. I wouldn't have been able to assemble it. I have to say my Christmas tree has been up, I think for almost... 10 days now. I'm so sorry for anyone who follows me because all I've been doing is spamming the shit out of it. And I have to say, I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I think I'm quite talented at decorating. I've got a beautiful red, gold and white theme going on. I've got a bit of a Candyland theme as well. See, I like your theme, but I'm thinking I can't do what you've done. And I was having a look at some tree inspo last night and I saw Ellie Watson, also known as Elsa's Wholesome Life, and she did this really cool theme which you've already said you don't like but maybe i need to ask the listeners it's got like bronzed baubles no. and but it's kind of like a snowy wood i'm really telling you like now it. kate you need to listen to us because one year you bought those feathery birds that were so ugly and do not belong on a tree you also did a pink theme no offense to any listeners who have it but you just didn't execute it well, well. i like i like to think it outside the square a bit i mean i do like the traditional christmas stuff but i but you've got it i don't want mine to look exactly like yours do you not mind guilty pleasure is at the moment it's watching influencers put up their trees i have loved watching a whole bunch of uk influencers because their trees are better than ours oh my gosh saffron barker i'm so passionate about this vlog it was a very enjoyable vlog except she made a grave mistake Mm. i think she ordered a balsam hill tree and Mm. she got her and her mum to put it up they bought it's her first tree in her new house and she decided to go with a rainbow theme which i thought was very brave because Mm. you don't normally see influencers doing bright themes and she bought some beautiful baubles they put up the tree but she wasn't happy with it. So that day she went and bought a, you know, a different run of the tree, mill, run of the mill, crappy snowy one, department store tree, no offense, that is nowhere near as good as the Balsam Hill one she had. And now she's like, oh, I love it. But do you notice that tree is like the exact same one as her parents have? Mm. So I feel like that's her childhood tree. I felt personally attacked though when I watched that vlog. I was sitting down with my tree lit up watching this very Christmassy vlog and I was like, how the fuck does she not like Balsam Hill? It's the best tree I've ever seen. Oh, it looked so much better. 
I am interested to see if she does swap the tree because I agreed the green tree would look so much better with the rainbow than the snowy tree. I'd love if listeners sent in what their Christmas trees are looking like. Let's put a thread in our Facebook community because I feel like women in particular get very proud of their tree. Hey Queen, thank you so much for this unfounded, invalid and ableist opinion. Abby Chatfield has slammed Megan Marks' comments about ADHD. The podcast host labelled the remarks as ableist after Megan called ADHD a trend and suggested influencers were using ADHD medication as a weight loss drug. Now, Sophie, can you fill us in on Abby and Megan's relationship? Yeah, well, Abby and Megan both appeared on The Bachelor, but in different series. So if you cast your mind back to a couple of years ago, Megan was on Richie's series of The Bachelor and he if you don't remember, was the redheaded guy who always said cool bananas. And she also ran off with a contestant on the show with Tiffany. And I remember mm. at the time, I think it was actually in probably 2015, that it was such a big shock. Mm, yeah. Definitely. I don't think Abby Chatfield needs any sort of introduction. She has her own podcast. She's taken over the television land. She's been hosting so many shows. Anyway, Abby and Megan have both been appearing a lot in the media lately, as in their two names have been put side by side because Megan is currently appearing on The Challenge alongside Abby Chatfield's ex-boyfriend and also Bachelor alumni Conrad Bean Stevens. So Abby was forced to confirm her breakup with Conrad when photos of Conrad and Megan were leaked from The Challenge of the pair kissing in a spa. Now, Conrad was recently interviewed on the Handbags podcast and confirmed he and Abby had split before he appeared on the challenge. Just a side note, have you seen that the challenge has been axed from mainstream oh, has TV? It? Well, it's now it's... on some back channel because literally nobody was watching it. Well, I think it's been put on at a later time slot. And I listened to the interview on the Handbags with Conrad and he was literally plugging the show so much. And he was talking about how in the most recent episode is very explosive and he actually had to have counselling after it. Well, do we think that this is is why Megan Marks is popping her head up and trying to be relevant and cause drama. Well, we should get into what Megan actually said. Well, I agree with Sophie. That was the first thing I thought of when she decided to put up an unpopular opinions box <laughs> on her Instagram. I don't think anything comes good from those sorts of no. things. So for those who haven't seen this shitstorm, Megan was asked by a follower if she believed ADHD was a fad amongst influencers. Now, Megan agreed that she thought there's a possibility it could be a bit of a trend and suggested that some people's ADHD symptoms were brought on by environmental factors like being overstimulated on social media. And then she went on to question who doesn't have a problem with concentrating and said as a society that we need to address why we aren't concentrating. She also said this. I did not realize that my talk about ADHD had cut out, so I'm going to finish my train of thought. Um, I was saying that it's interesting so many of these influencers have lost quite a little bit of weight um and they're not talking about it i do think that's interesting uh adhd medication is basically meth and you lose your appetite um and these influencers being like how dare you ask me about that they're very happy to talk about being on medication happy to talk about adhd but they don't want to talk about the fact they've lost weight because of their medication. And I think that's problematic too. 
And if that's not unbelievable enough, in the caption on her story, she wrote that ADHD medication was the new influencer drug. (laughs) As soon as I saw these stories pop up, I knew they were aimed at Abby Chatfield because Abby has been talking about weight loss recently. Yeah, we spoke about it on our podcast a couple of weeks ago because she has been copying a lot of comments saying, your body is shrinking, Mm. are you becoming a new Kardashian? And she was very careful to not exactly touch on why she has lost a lot of weight. And it's quite clear now it is from her ADHD medication. Well, she kind of did hint on her podcast last month that there was a connection to her weight loss and ADHD medication without specifically spelling it out. She said, I'm also a medication for ADHD. It's been great for my ADHD, but less great for my appetite and me remembering to eat. I'm having a really hard time eating food because I'm extremely nauseous when I eat food. See, when I listened to that podcast, I did not pick up on that at all and I think Sophie what you were saying before is that she purposely didn't put the link between her weight loss and her ADHD medication because she doesn't want that out there she doesn't want to promote it to others and I think it's a very unhelpful thing that Megan Marks has now put out there because I wouldn't have made that connection at all I mean if anything we've spoken about the heroin chic era coming back in and the Kardashians losing weight and this size zero unfortunately seems to be coming back I never even in my wildest dreams connected ADHD with it and now I think well a lot of people out there are going to be like well I've got a few of those symptoms maybe I should go on ADHD medication but again I think it's important to point out and this is where Abby's response comes in that ADHD isn't something that you can just go to a doctor and they just give you medication straight away. Abby spoke a lot about how, you know, it's a very long process. You actually have to go to a GP, then a psychiatrist. It took her 18 months to finally get diagnosed with ADHD. Now, Abby did really clap back at Megan. So she branded Megan's opinion on ADHD as unfounded, invalid and ableist. And as you said, Kate, she said it was offensive to call ADHD a trend and pointed out how difficult it actually is to get a diagnosis and also medicated. For example, she said it cost her $1,500 and took 18 months for her to finally get her hands on some medication that she really needed. And you can see how TikTok has made such a big impact on ADHD diagnosis because the hashtag ADHD has over 2.4 billion views. And of course, it's been a really great thing for spreading awareness and building a community and also destigmatizing the disorder. But there's also a big downside because TikTok has been accused of perpetuating stereotypes and allowing unqualified people to have a big platform. Mm. That's the thing, Kate. It's very complex and there are definitely a lot of different layers to it. I think one thing that's been really positive about social media is that now more women are getting diagnosed because before a lot of people thought that it was only naughty young boys who had ADHD, but we're learning that there's so many different symptoms and also things that can be, as Abby said, people's superpower. Because as Abby said, If she didn't have her ADHD, she probably wouldn't be as good at her job as she is because she's very passionate, very focused on things, loves looking into things. And that's really the reason why everyone was up in arms when Megan came out and said this stuff, because people have put in such hard work to destigmatize ADHD. And for her to come out and say, oh, it's just a trend and people are putting it on completely derails what everyone's been working hard to do. I feel like we have to throw to some of the grabs by Abby because she was on fire. Here's what she said. Are you fucking serious? I that is the most deeply disgusting. That is so. Who the fuck do you think you are? 
saying that people are owed an explanation for anyone's weight loss or weight gain, for anyone's change in their f***ing body. Who the fuck are you? Why would people need to explain? It's funny how they'll stick out medication but they won't stick about their weight loss. Yeah, babe, because people are trying to destigmatize medication for mental health issues. So it's important to speak on medication. It's important to speak on what you're fucking doing. If you feel comfortable, no one has to tell you anything, particularly why they've lost weight. No one owes you fucking anything. Now, in a twist we didn't see coming, Megan responded to Abby's video saying that she actually herself has been diagnosed with ADHD and is medicated. Now, Abby responded saying that this made Megan's behavior even worse as she should be more understanding and should stop using her public platform to push myths and falsehoods. This was the biggest what the fuck moment because I feel like Megan almost kept her diagnosis up her sleeve to almost throw in the face of those when they called her out. It's almost like, oh, it's okay. I can say what I want because I actually do have ADHD as well. But it's weird because she's an influencer and she's saying all the influencers are just claiming it and then Mm. claims it after the fact. She's also someone who is very thin and fit looking well she should actually know how difficult it is to get her hands on medication yeah and the how long the diagnosis takes Mm, it's all very odd now in the media everyone has been pitting megan and abby against each other and i assume that's because of the backstory and the fact that conrad did hook up with megan after he and abby broke up and abby has come out and said can media outlets stop calling me calling out megan marks about her ableism and her weird comments about adhd a feud it's not a feud i called someone out i don't have a personal issue with her i have an issue with what she said that leads me to think things about her character I agree with what Abby said and also I want to defend Abby in this situation because she wasn't the one who started the said feud. I feel like Megan targeted her probably for relevance and also for the fact that she's trying to pump up this failed reality show and get eyeballs on her and her Instagram. Everyone on the challenge was probably hoping that their Instagrams were going to blow up more because they were appearing on this show that was supposed to be good. Complete flop. I agree. I think Megan is just piggybacking off Abby's fame and trying to stay relevant and trying to get eyeballs on this TV show that no one is interested in. I was half interested to check it out when Conrad was spruiking that it was going to be something big, but I feel like it's done its dash. Like if I haven't watched the first episode, I'm just not going to be tuning in. I'm like that with Love Island. I've had a lot of people message saying, oh, why aren't you guys watching Love Island Australia this year? And I feel like once you have missed that initial episode and you're on no, along I, for the ride. I tried watching it and it's shit. Some people told me how good it was. No, it's I not. I think it's okay, but it's just, I don't know. I just like the English version way better. Just there's something about the Aussies. It's, just... it's kind of like if you grow up watching the English version of The Office and you can't watch <laughs> the American version or, or vice versa because I know a lot of people love the American version. It's like that. You have to, have to be a fan of one. Mm. What's interesting about the challenge flopping is that all of these people have huge social media followings. They've obviously been brought into the show to try and get young people watching free-to-air TV again. And this is the same approach it looks like the project will be taking when they get their new Mm. host. So there's been rumours that maybe they'll get Abby Chatfield or Laura Byrne. But it's kind of shown that it's not really a surefire thing to get ratings. The whole thing is that they've just got a whole bunch of has-beens and washed-up reality stars who were on TV about six years ago. That's why they didn't bring Bachelor in Paradise Back. but this the challenge is almost like a rehash version i feel of like it. more people would have watched bachelor in paradise than the challenge so that was my drunken tattoo story 
Madison Woolley has revealed she got inked on a drunken night out with her friend. She told her followers she tried to keep the tattoo a secret from her conservative parents, but they heard about it on her podcast. Now, Amy, can you tell us about this tattoo? Because I feel like there's a bit of a backstory. Yeah, so the tattoo is a small C on her ankle. God, I'm already picturing (laughs) what this is about. Well, she was pretty cryptic on YouTube about the meaning behind it. She just told her followers it was an in-joke with her friends. I almost feel like that's worse because like... I just think of the C word. So did I, because when you think of you think of the C word and then people have that joke, what's lower than a C? And that's an ankle? Mm. Or was that just our dad? Remember our dad used to joking? No, our dad didn't make that up. Oh, okay. That's an ongoing This was in reference joke. to one of Kate's ex-boyfriends. So pretty that's where that comes accurate. from. <laughs> so Madison opened up on her podcast to her best friend, Caitlin Rodriguez, and she said the C actually stood for the word Cleo. So let's throw to a grab of what Cleo means because it is a little confusing. I was really worried I was going to wake up in the morning and be like, what the fuck? Like, but I kind of had fun. I think it was it's funny. a life experience. Yeah. Well, for, for reference. So it was our other friend, Cleo. Mm-hmm. Her name's not actually Cleo. That's just, but her name is Cleo. We have this nickname <laughs> in our friendship group called Cleo. Cleo. And we like, just, Cleo. Cleo. The oh, bathroom's no. free. Yeah. So we just call everyone Cleo. <laughs> Um, does not make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Everyone's called Cleo, but our friend Liv is like the most Cleo. Yeah, she is She's Cleo, Cleo. But our whole friend group is the Cleos. Yeah. And we're all Cleo. But if like Liv's there, she's the only one you can call Cleo because she's Cleo. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. It doesn't make sense. So I was with my girlfriend Liv <laughs> and we got tattoos of a little C. For Cleo. For Cleo. <laughs> oh no, Cleo. Cleo. I feel like this is an in-joke that's not going to date well. Like, you know those things you think are really funny at the time and then that's tattooed on your body forever? She basically said it's a friendship tattoo. So that's why she got the C. Her friend Liv also got the C. And this came as a real surprise. Got the C. Sorry. Got the the tattoo. I was thinking cock. (laughs) No. So this all came as a bit of a surprise to Madison's friend Caitlin because she said she never thought in her wildest dreams she'd see the day that Madison Woolley got inked. It kind of reminds me of when Kim Kardashian was interviewed on like the late show and like do you have a tattoo and she's like why would I put a bumper sticker on a Bentley when she first announced she got the tattoo on her vlog I was thinking oh fuck I hope it's not a matching tattoo with her ex-partner Jonathan who she's rumored to be back with because he has all these new random little tattoos all over him and they're those sort of fine line tattoos that are very in fashion he's got a butterfly in the middle of his arm so I was expecting it to be one of them thank god it's a friendship tattoo I almost feel like it's just as dangerous getting a friendship tattoo when you're in your early 20s because it's Mm. such a tumultuous time that you sometimes don't keep those friends well, it was obviously a spare of the moment decision because they Caitlin, were drunk. yeah well caitlin told their listeners that madison got drunk with her friend Liv in surrey hills and then wandered down to the tattoo parlor that's called the illustrated man and they do tattoos for about a hundred dollars this is really a hot spot for anyone who gets drunk and wants a tattoo but madison's told caitlin that she now needs to get the c tattoo because it is of course a friendship tattoo however caitlin seemed annoyed that they'd got the c she said that they thought she should have got an outline of a spy see mark and i think this would have been way cooler oh, that reminds me there's all these pop-up events you know like influencer events and they were doing those fine line tattoos mm. i feel like lily brown got a little chilly she did and that's now obviously her pajama line's called chill yeah well that makes more sense why didn't she get something about with her own brand 
I'd feel I a suppose bit, you don't really want your own name <laughs> tattooed onto you. I would feel a bit offended though if my friends went out without me and got these friendship tattoos. It's sort of like you're the odd one out. What friendship tattoo do you think we would all get? Outspoken the podcast. Surely <laughs> Just not. Just tattooed across our ass. How tacky would that be? Um, the only tattoo I would ever consider getting is one of my dog Archie. Like really? a really tiny little Archie what, on me. What, like, like the a name? Or? It actually no, not drawn. his name, but like a cute little Cocker Spaniel. I feel like that's more something you do when the animal's passed away. It's oh, a don't memorial. even say but that. But I'm just saying, like, I, I don't know if you go around with it on your, you know, when the, you've already got the dog. Oh, I know what we'd get. I would get a little tiny 50 cent piece because for the Fitty crew, which is our cousins. Oh. How do you feel after you drink alcohol? Because we both do not drink alcohol anymore. Oh, I'm a grandma. We, we used to. I, I was a bit more, um, I was a party boy. You were. Uh, yeah. Um, when we I'll first met, I thought you were just a pure party boy. And I was like, this boy is going to get bored of no. me real fast. No. Content creator Kurt Tills has sparked debate after sharing a paid post promoting a mini wine fridge. The husband of wellness influencer Sarah's Day has previously said he doesn't drink. So if, who is the sponsorship with? Well, the sponsor in question is LG Australia and Kurt appears to be a longtime brand ambassador for them. He's done a number of other posts promoting their products. And in the post, Kurt uploaded a photo of him looking very moody with a glass of red wine in his hand. He also uploaded a photo of the black LG mini wine fridge in his kitchen, which I think will be swiftly removed by Sarah because it doesn't quite fit the aesthetics of their house. I don't think I've ever seen a black appliance in their house. Well... Excuse my ignorance, but I didn't think red wine needed to be in a fridge. Exactly. It's only white wine and it makes it even more clear that Kurt doesn't drink alcohol for the fact that he was trying to promote putting red wine in a cool fridge. Now, in the caption, Kurt wrote, There is a level of sophistication that comes with a glass of red wine in an attempt to impress my mates. One day, my dream of owning a vineyard will be a reality. For now, I'll be here with my LG Australia nine bottle mini wine fridge. I don't understand the jibe about trying to impress his friends because Kurt has spoken about on his podcast and also in Sarah's vlogs about how he chose not to drink alcohol and that, I mean, he he used to drink previously to meeting Sarah and it seems like Sarah has influenced him you know, not to drink alcohol, which I think is a positive thing. Yeah. Well, it is quite clear that he used to be a big party boy, as Sarah would say. And he has spoken on his podcast how he used to very heavily drink. He was into party drugs. And when he met Sarah, he stopped drinking altogether as a healthy lifestyle choice. Yeah, that's why I thought the comment about attempting to impress his friends was weird because it just buys into peer pressure, which I think at 30 years old, you would hopefully be over. It is an odd one because I feel like Sarah and Kurt have very much built a brand about leading a healthy lifestyle and not drinking. If anything, I think that they'd be promoting non-alcoholic products. There seems to be quite a big area of growth there and a lot of money to be made there. Oh, I totally agree. And I found it very surprising when I heard that LG was a longstanding partner with Kurt because any PR manager should be doing their due diligence and think, okay, hang on, this isn't a great fit because Kurt has come out and said that he doesn't drink. I have noticed that he and Sarah are trying to tweak their brand a little bit online because I've noticed in the last couple of years, Sarah has spoken about how she had a couple of glasses of red wine at her sister's wedding. And she's trying to move away from the very clean eating because her app, Sunny, which is a food app that has recipes that are gluten-free, dairy-free, fun-free, fun-free, taste-free, um, <laughs> She's now trying to deviate a little bit because she is eating a bit more gluten since her mm. pregnancy. She's like, oh, I might be adding a few more gluten recipes in there. The thing that I don't get, though, is 
The ad is for the wine fridge. So there are so many non-alcoholic options out there now that they could have had some fun with it and injected his lifestyle and his personality because you still can put a non-alcoholic drink in a fridge. Well, you see Olivia Rogers promoting a whole bunch of beautiful non-alcoholic options. It would have made a lot more sense even to have a bit of a joke around saying, I no longer drink, but I still Mm. use this fridge. Yeah, the fridge is so cool. And when my friends come over, they can put, you know, get a friend in the ad like, yeah, Brenton. Yeah. I did have quite a fun time reading through the comments under this post because there were a lot of confused followers. Even his wife, Sarah, joked that it wasn't on brand for Kurt. So she wrote under the post, that's just a heat tablespoon of body bloom, right? And for those who don't know, she's trying to plug one of her healthy drink products that she does through Tropeka. So Kurt replied underneath, that's why my digestion feels so good. That is such an awkward comment because the fact that his wife is saying, oh my God, it's so odd for you to be drinking wine. Yeah, but another follower wrote, that's just red cordial in a glass to look fancy, right? To which he responded, I'm just trying to get a sugar high. So even he's mocking it. It's so weird. Another follower wrote, why a sponsorship for a wine fridge when both of you don't drink? Just saying. Another person also wrote underneath, probably the easiest 10K he's ever made. That's why, laugh out loud, don't blame him. I have to continue with the comments because there were some classic ones. Someone wrote, you want to own a vineyard and you only drink now and then, question mark. Someone else said, I thought Sarah didn't let you drink. (laughs) This was probably the comment of the day. Someone wrote, was that the only corner SD allowed you to put that unesthetic fridge down for an ad? (laughs) Kurt actually did respond, though, to some of the questions where people asked whether he drunk or not. He said, I have a drink here and there, but I rarely have more than two. There was also a bit of back and forth with another set of comments. So someone else wrote, "Um, do you even know the difference between Shiraz and Merlot? Weird, as you don't really drink. Now, Carlin from The Bachelor, who now strangely works with Kurt and Sarah's business, House of Groms, chimed in and said, weird flex, but okay. Kurt then replied, someone sounds a little passionate about wine. Now, it just was so awkward because his whole comment section was just talking about how the fact he didn't drink and why the hell was he doing a sponsorship with LG? If I was the brand, I would not be happy with this. No, I mean, clearly the post got engagement, but all for the wrong reasons. I really hope the PR manager actually looks into what the comments were and not just the fact that it built up engagement, because I do not think that this is good publicity for the fridge. It reminds me of when Sarah's day was caught out doing a sponsorship with GHD and the timing was so bad because she'd just been saying how her hair was really damaged and she was staying away from heat tools and she had done a whole YouTube video about trying to do the curly girl hair method and then all of a sudden she was flogging off hair straighteners Mm. on her channel. It's just not a good look and it does look like a cash grab. I know a lot of the time people say, oh, everything influencers post is a cash grab. But I feel like these days, influencers are really trying to work with brands that actually align with them. And they've gone to look for Goon. Goon is like a really cheap wine that they sell here in Australia. And everyone's been saying to us, you need to try Goon, you need to try Goon. Because it's something like four or five pounds for five litres, which is ridiculous. But we're going to get some for Fraser Island because it's bring your own drink. You can't buy drinks on the island, you have to take your own on. UK YouTuber Anastasia Kingsnorth has been taking her followers along the journey as she and her friends backpack around Australia. And she's had a bit to say about an iconic Aussie drink. Yeah, so the drink in question is, of course, Goon. And Anastasia said that a lot of backpackers she's with have recommended the drink because, as all Aussies know, it's incredibly cheap. Now, Anastasia got a little bit confused because she thought 
goon was the type of alcohol. As most Aussie listeners will know, goon is the general name for a cask of wine or boxed wine that's very cheap. Do you know, I was doing some Googling before because I'm like, why is it goon? And I can't actually find an answer. It says it's a bit of a mystery. So if anyone (laughs) does know, but apparently someone who is a typical drinker of goon is called a goon monkey. A goon monkey. I've never heard of that before. Well, I love the fact that Anastasia clearly went into a BWS and said, can I have some goon, thinking it was the actual name of the drink. Can you imagine it in the English accent as well? Someone would just be like, uh, okay. It's pretty funny because on her YouTube channel, she was referring to it as the goon. God, that's when you can tell she's not a local. Well, it blew my mind too because she's also been trying a lot of Aussie food that's in the supermarkets and she'd never heard of shapes before. She's like, oh, what are these? Really? Oh, look at all the flavours. And I felt so proud, a proud Aussie seeing our shapes being broadcast to all of the Brits back home. Well, she's also tested out the Aussie McDonald's and I always enjoy her seeing eating the English McDonald's because they seem to have so many more exciting things. But I remember before her trip, she's like, oh, I want to make sure I try out their Christmas menu. Love, we don't have one. There ain't one. Well, on that topic, I'm sure a lot of people will be enjoying some goon this weekend. Maybe not our listener base, who's mainly mums. I love our topics have been about goon and a wine fridge. Yeah, very (laughs) off-brand for us, really. (laughs) If you did enjoy the show, please make sure you leave a five-star rating. Also, make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts and also Spotify so you don't miss an episode. And join in on all the conversations going on in our Facebook group, which is Outspoken, the podcast community. This podcast was recorded on the land of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains. We pay respect to elders past and present. 